0: Hi, and a very warm welcome from me, Phil Parker, and also from Helen Hardy. Say hi, Helen. Hello there. From the Lightning Process London team uh, to this latest episode of our podcast series. And today, we're going to talk about something that me and Helen were discussing just before we launched the podcast, which is perfectionism. So, Helen, uh, tell us about perfectionism and why uh, this is such a great subject for a podcast.
1: Well, I, I love the topic of perfectionism because I am a recovering perfectionist, uh, as Phil will probably realise from having worked with me for a number of years. Um, but what it is, is it's such an important topic because so many of us get caught up in this self-defeating way of operating. Um, and we're just really unrealistic on what we can do and what we can achieve and put so much of our energy and our focus into trying to do everything perfectly that we miss out on so much of our lives. And I think it's something that so many of our clients as well have to work on when they come and do the lightning process, so a brilliant topic to talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's such a core problem and as you say, it's it's present in many people Uh, it has a lot to do with some of the other stuff we talked about, like the inner critic and so on but one of the biggest problems with perfectionism is we we're convinced that it's a good thing to do because we're always told doing our best is good and that's true. But this is something more than doing our best. This is this is trying to achieve perfection and the biggest problem with perfection is that you never get to be happy because everything you do always falls slightly short of perfection. Even if you get, you know, a hundred marks out of a hundred in an exam, you can always kinda of go, Yeah, but yeah, I was lucky to get that or I could have asked that question. I could have answered that question slightly better. And so the people who run this perfection way of thinking end up with no joy, no happiness. So uh, you're saying you're a recovering perfectionist. Helen, tell us about that. What does that make sense to you?
1: It certainly does. Um, I grew up with, uh, or in an environment where I can remember taking my school report home and getting all A's and one B. And my dad said to me, why didn't you get an A for that one? That was the first thing he picked up. And I kind of learned this habit that I got valued when I achieved things. So I equated that to having to do everything properly, perfectly. And I can remember rewriting homework as a child because I'd made mistakes in the paper and actually rewriting entire articles or or pieces of work because there were mistakes in it, which is mad because I don't I wouldn't do it now, but I wasted a lot of time and energy on that as growing up.
0: Well, one of the things that obviously comes up from that is if you're a parent listening to this, how do you respond to a kid getting, you know, five A's and one B? Do you go, Oh, this is fabulous or do you like most people point out the thing that isn't right? Uh, and is that the best thing to do? Because one of the things we know is acknowledging What is good is is one of the best ways you can move forwards in positive psychology also Don't so much acknowledge what is what is good in terms of grades, but they say look you've you've worked really hard That's fantastic because there's some studies suggest that people who think they're good think they're able think they're intelligent uh, Don't try so hard when they come across something that's difficult, they just give up. They think they're no good at it. Whereas kids who have been trained to think, look, you've worked hard, you've done a really good job, rather than aren't you clever. If they come across an obstacle, they're more able to kind of go, okay, well, there must be a way around it rather than just going, this isn't something I'm good at. So the idea of perfectionism and these kind of what's called fixed mindsets, where we believe we are a certain way rather than the more we work at something, the better results will turn out. are Very much intertwined. So um, what are the consequences of running Perfectionist Patterns on our health and happiness, Helen? Uh,
1: I think one of the key things is we're just never satisfied. Uh, We have this massive fear of failure, of making mistakes, thinking that everything has to be right, and that we're worried about disappointing people. So like you say, it just takes the joy out of everything we do. With this fear of failure of making mistakes, Have you heard of the Pretto effect? I know you talk about it sometimes, don't you, Phil, the 80-20 rule. Hmm. Well, Pretto was an Italian economist and he discovered this 80-20 rule and and there's lots of business practices and marketing that that look at the Pretto effect. What it's been found to be is a universal rule. And as a recovering perfectionist, I used to have this habit, like I was saying, rewriting things where I would spend 20% of my time doing 80% of a job. And then I would waste 80% of my time trying to make it perfect. So really, from a productive point of view, that was a real waste of my time. And as I say, I have got over that one, because now I know that if I spend 20% of my time doing 80% of five jobs, well, that's more efficient for a start but we do this in all sorts of areas of our lives when we're perfectionists and a lot of it stems from this fear of failure or making mistakes or being disapproved of
0: so there's also a massive link between um, our levels of happiness and perfectionism so perfectionism steals from happiness and there's also a massive link between our happiness and our health and therefore although you may may not imagine it perfectionism has an impact on our ability to recover from illness with the Lightning Process, we're very interested in emotional health issues. But of course, we're really also interested in physical health issues and how you can utilize the way your mind works to affect your brain, to affect your physiology. So it may not be as obvious when you first hear about it, but now we've talked about it, you can see, actually, perfectionism, which constantly undermines your happiness, possibly puts you into stress because you're constantly trying to do more, be more, achieve impossible things causes a real deficit in your ability to recover from illness and what we're looking at with the lightning process is anything that is stopping you from recovering so that's what's your diet like what's your exercise like what are your relationships like what's your stress like
1: and one of the key things like phil says with the lightning process is about finding what's right for you and happiness in all areas of your life and this is where it's so key to to recognise that patterns like being a perfectionist are critical to your happiness and your health. Um, so thinking about it, what, what kind of tips would we give to people, Phil, for dealing with perfectionism if they recognise that quality or trait in themselves?
0: Uh, well, I think with all these things... The first thing, of course, is to become aware of it because, and I think perfection is a particularly sneaky one, we're so trained to believe the harder we work, the better life is. And and there is some truth to that. But if we take it too far where we never recognize our achievements, we're always pushing more and more further and further and harder and harder to try and achieve impossible to achieve results, then at that point, it becomes problematic. And that's quite a fine line to distinguish. It's a bit like alcoholism to some extent, you know. It's like what's the difference between drinking socially and over drinking? You know, becoming a problem drinker. Uh, and, and perfectionism is similar to that. There's nothing wrong with uh, you know achieving, uh, succeeding, working hard, delivering. But it's when it becomes too much when it when, and when it steals your happiness. Because the whole point of succeeding and achieving stuff is to you know, make life better. If it's not making life better, it's a problem. So being aware of it has to be the first thing. And that will take a bit of a while because we've been so trained into this idea of achievement is good. Uh, once we've recognised it, realising that we need to ask ourselves this question, which is, is this the wisest choice? Is this really working out for me? Is this making life better, is this making me happy? And just by having those two conversations, becoming aware of it, and also starting to recognise, is this working out for me? Is this the right way to be right here and now? Will often be enough to detach you from that kind of urge to achieve. Again, I've talked about this on other podcasts. Perfectionism is not something we're born with. You know, if you're a child, you draw a picture and you immediately take it to your mum and dad, go, look at this, it's great, isn't it? you're just so excited, no matter how good or bad it is, you're just really excited. Perfectionism comes on, like you were saying, from people making judgments about it and going, no, it's not. That's not good enough. And you thinking, oh, hold on a minute. I thought it was, but it turns out my judgment isn't correct. I need to work harder. So we stop trusting ourselves that it was good enough, that we are good enough. So just recognizing that we're aligning ourselves to an impossible task, impossible standards, and allowing ourselves to realise that actually what we did was good enough and we're fine the way we are. And and working at what's going to bring us happiness is actually all you need to do. But as with all these things, that's quite a lot of training because we got stuck into these ways of thinking and they've seemed normal for a long time. What would be your top tips for uh, perfectionism?
1: Well, I think, like you say, first of all, is noticing when you are being perfectionist around something. So look for things like when you're telling yourself I should do something or I must do these I shoulds and I must tend to be quite key to to being perfectionists Um, and also look for times when you're just got black and white thinking about everything it's all or nothing it has to be this way and I think those are the times when you're not really open to to anything in the middle and if those are the, if you start to spot those times, then you can start to do something about it. And I think also it's getting that clarity between perfection and maybe healthy ambition. So if you've set yourself goals, actually look at them and work out, are these realistic? Because if they're not, that's when you're trying to do things that are just unachievable, where you're just going to set yourself up for failure. And... I think if you can become perfectly imperfect, that's the ideal. That's kind of how I phrase myself now. And one of the questions that I ask myself, if I find myself overworking something or reviewing something too much, I just actually stop myself and ask myself, is this good enough? Does it do the job? And that question, is it good enough, is enough enough of an interruption to actually make me make a decision that's more useful to me.
0: That's that's really useful. I think, you know, pretty much everybody will run perfectionism patterns in certain areas of their life. Sometimes it's the right thing, you know, like if you're a brain surgeon, you want a bit of perfection, you want somebody who's going to make very precise judgments about where they're drilling. Uh, but for many things in our life, we don't need to have that level of attention to detail uh, that sometimes just spoils everything. So... As with all these things, it's about making appropriate choices. So a really interesting topic, which we'll probably come back to again, because it links into many things. And again, I like to stress, although we're talking here about clearly uh, emotional and psychological issues, they do have a knock-on effect on your health. And so there's a lightning process of interest in health and changing physiology. Anything that negatively affects your physiology is something that's worth looking at, because the more you can get... All your ducks in the road, the more you can get your neurology moving in a positive direction, the better impact it will have on your health, both directly and indirectly. So, until next time, thanks, Helen, for joining us. Thank and, you. Uh, see you guys on the next podcast. And remember, if you want to ask any questions, send an email into us uh, to uh, info at philparker.org is the easiest place to get hold of us. And we'll try and cover it in the next podcast. So, take care. See you then. Bye. For more information about our work please go to lightningprocess.co.uk